Welcome to the Nieces Nugs Podcast. Nieces Nugs, Nieces Nugs. What's up, friends? Welcome back to Nieces Nugs Podcast. Life lessons learned along the way. Season 2, Episode 4. Listen, I hope you're doing well and that you're learning things as you trek day by day. I appreciate all of your feedback as you've gotten back to me, especially when those of you have reached out and say that podcast has helped in this way, or I learned about this website on your podcast and it's helped me do this. Friends, we are here to help you. The lessons I've learned, I want to pass on to help you as we go through. Also, I want to remind you guys, shirts are for sale. Nieces Nugs podcast. We want to get them out. We want to get the word out. What better way than for you to support and so to sport one of these shirts? $20. Hit me up if you're interested. I'd love to get one in your hands. I want to give you a quick update before we jump into today's podcast topic. But the quick update is this. Several of you heard about how I wrote the donut, man. Some issues with the donut and the donuts and changing over. Reached out to the new owner. He wrote me back. And listen, I wrote him. And through some conversations with some students, we went back. That's right. We gave the donut man a chance. Our students wanted some donuts for one of our uh, Tuesday night Bible studies. And I said, I'm going to go back. And lo and behold, I walk in and a completely, totally different experience than the one I'd had just about a month ago. Friends, I walk in, the new uh, operators are friendly and engaging conversation, but what do I see right out of the gate when I walk in? I see a blueberry donut, and I see a powdered sugar chocolate cream donut. Friends, they brought back the classics. That's right, they brought back the ones that almost got them on the do not visit list. The donut man, dare I say, is Back. We're going to continue to monitor the situation, but wanted to give you that update. Friends, let's get this episode started. Last time on the Nieces Nooks podcast, we talked about traveling and what do you do when things go wrong. And specifically, I mentioned a trip to New York City that I took with a bunch of students. And what do you have to do if your plane gets canceled or if your plane gets delayed or it's figuring out how to get from A to B when things don't go just perfect? But today, we're going to continue this thought process as we talk about New York City transportation. Friends, I know that traveling to big cities can be intimidating. Some people say they don't even like the idea of going to New York City because it's too big, too massive for them. How do you get around a city like this? But friends, if you know how to do it, it's very possible to navigate. And New York City happens to be one of my favorite cities to visit, and I would love for you to visit. So what I'm going to do on today's podcast is hopefully give you some help of how to navigate and get around New York City. When you hear about New York City, the first thing that probably pops in your mind is cabs. In fact, every show you've seen, every movie you've watched, you see the yellow cabs everywhere. But what you also see is tons and tons of traffic. In fact, that's really what New York City is about. Cars are everywhere. Traffic is nonstop. Horns are going on. And even if you don't like public transportation or maybe not cabs, you're like, I'm going to Uber. The price can be high. You're stuck in a car for a long time. You ultimately figure out that you're just going to be sitting still if you're in the wrong time period of the day. A couple things about Uber, though. If you do Uber, a little hint for you is if you're in New York City or you're in a spot where 
Uber is popular, maybe walk away from the tourist zones or the high traffic areas to, and you'll see your Uber fare drop tremendously. This, this happens maybe if you're going to take a, an Uber outside the airport in New York City. If you just kind of walk out the airport doors, you, you're actually going to get a lower rate than if you book it while you're inside the airport. But this, this episode is not about Uber. This episode is not even about cabs, friends. This episode is about the subway and public transportation. That's right. When I go to New York City, I very, very, very rarely use any transportation except the public transportation, the subway system. I walk quite a bit, but friends, the public transportation system gets a bad rap. They hit bad press. You hear about all the bad things, but there are so many positive things to think about when it comes to getting around New York City. Friends, did you know that there's over 700 miles of subway tracks in New York City. That's over 470, over 470 different stations. Things can be confusing, but some of the positives are the subways run all hours of the night. Sure, they run less regular in the middle of the night, but their schedules are there. The schedules are uh, accessible on phones. And unlike sitting in traffic on the street in a cab, watching the meter tick up and up and up, you're moving along underground with no traffic whatsoever. So let's talk about that today. First of all, if you're flying to New York City, chances are you're going to arrive by air in one of three airports. There's three airports that actually serve New York City proper. One is in Newark, New Jersey, and Newark is just south of New York City, but has an opportunity for you to get to the city. Newark's, it's actually quite easy. The only thing I don't like about the Newark situation is the spirit terminals at Newark are quite frank, frankly terrible, uh, and I just don't enjoy them. But Newark's an easy airport to fly into, specifically if you're going to the city. Once you land in Newark, you're going to take the air train over to the New Jersey Transit, and you're going to catch a train, uh, one of the of the Northeast Corridor train, an Amtrak train. You're going to catch a train to Nor New York City Penn Station. It's about a $15 fee for everything that I just mentioned to get you, and it drops you off inside New York City Penn Station right there by Madison Square Garden. This is an easy ride, probably about 30 minutes um, at the most, and takes you into the city. If you fly into JFK, Kennedy Airport's kind of like the furthest airport out, if you will. But you have two options there. You can take the air train to the Jamaica station, which is on the E-line, the end of the E-line. So this is if you're going to kind of go to the north side of Manhattan, north side of Queens, this is where you would get off the train to go to. Or you can also take the air train to the Howard station, which is the A-line, kind of taking you on the southern side of Manhattan or even into Brooklyn. So two things to consider if you're flying into JFK. If you're flying into LaGuardia, you will get on a bus called the Q70 LTD, and it'll take you to Jackson Heights, Roosevelt Avenue. It's a kind of a big, big stop with plenty of trains options, and we always get on either the E or the F train to take you into the city. So just three ways. You can fly in different airports. I always, when I'm flying in New York City, see which of those airports is the cheapest, see which one I kind of want to fly into. They're all very different. Some are under construction. Some are different, have different things that uh, people care about. But ultimately, all three of those airports will get you into the city. But today, let's talk about specifically some subway things to consider for you as you make your way around New York City. Number one is this. How do you pay? Payment methods. In, in the old days, I've been going to New York City for quite a while. 
the only option used to be you to buy a metro card. You would visit a station, a metro card, uh, a metro card machine would be in the station. It would be at the airport. You would pay a dollar for the card, and you could either pay by the ride and preload some money on the metro card, or you can even uh, pay for an unlimited seven day pass on the metro card. Now. Uh, Back in the day, I think I remember getting a three-day pass. Now it's just seven-day unlimited for $33, which ends up being 12 rides equals that $33. You pay one more dollar. So it's $34 for unlimited subway and buses for the entire week. So you can do the Metro card. You can also preload money on a Metro card. If you're traveling with young kids, this might actually be the best way to go for a couple of reasons, especially if you need to pay for the kids' rides. But what's new uh, and what's been implemented over the last several years is the Omni payment system. You can do some research on this, but basically what it means is it's almost an Apple Pay, tap to pay, credit card, tap to pay system where you don't have to buy a Metro card. It just keeps track of it on your tap to pay method. But what you need to know is that every time you tap or every time you do it, it's 275. But what's great about this is that it automatically keeps track of how many times you've tapped. And if you tap up to 12 in starting on Monday, running through the next Sunday, 12 rides equals the $33, you're already going to be unlimited for the rest of that week. And so you don't have to worry about getting an unlimited. You don't have to worry about calculating the number of rides you might make. We did this just recently, and it was great because you we knew we were going to be over 12, but we weren't worried about it because on the 12th one, it stops charging you, and it automatically maxes out at the $33. The key to this, though, is to remember you have to use the same method, the same credit card, every single time. Otherwise, you're going to get kind of add up different charges. But this is great for paying. Now, when you get to the turnstiles at the subway stations, you need to be ready because if you're not ready and it turns green and you don't turn the turnstile, you will lose fare or you'll have to pay double. And so some key things to keep in track there. Always be ready to take the turnstile when it's your turn. Number two, safety concerns. People are always asking, are the subway safe? Listen, I say Yes, I have traveled with my own kids on the subway during a holiday season, but obviously anywhere you go, you could find trouble. So a couple things to think about safety-wise when we're talking about the subways in New York City. Number one is this, things can happen anywhere. So be alert, be aware, keep your eyes up and scanning and stay off your phone. So many people automatically look down at their phones and they're not paying attention to what's going on around them. Keep your eyes up and pay attention to what's happening around you. Number two is this. Do not stand near the edge of the platform. This is where you kind of get in trouble. If your back is to people, you're on the edge of the platform, anything can happen. Friends, stay away from the edge of the platform at all times. Number three is this. Uh, keep your phone and your wallet in your front pocket. Never, under any circumstance, stuck your, your phone or your wallet in your back pocket, especially on busy subways. Very, very, very key because that makes an easy target for somebody to come and pickpocket you. Number four is this. Do not stare at people. Friends, some people just deserve to be stared at. Let's just be honest. But on the subways, do not stare at people. Give a little passing glance. See what's going on. But don't stare at people. And then next, don't argue with people. Switch cars if things get uncomfortable. But don't see Give anything the chance to escalate. Do not argue with people. And then also I'd say this, friends, this is not the South. Do not make small talk. People have earbuds in for a reason. They don't want to talk to you. So don't ask them how they're doing and don't have a conversation. Keep to yourself 
and remain safe. But I would say, yes, the subways are safe. Let's talk about direction of travel. A lot of times people get confused when we talk about subways and which one to get on. And listen, it looks like a spaghetti noodle map that's been tossed and turned by a seven-year-old kid. But ultimately, if you get a map, so download an app, take a picture, have something on your phone where you can kind of navigate and have an idea of where you want to go. The maps are available. And really, once you understand what's going on, it's kind of easier to navigate knowing that everything is color-coded and numbered and runs blockwise from south to north, from east to west. And so ultimately, as you're trying to figure out which way to go, Think, think about this, specifically what we know is about New York, what people refer to as Maine, New York, is Manhattan. It's just one of the boroughs, but Manhattan's where most tourists want to go, most people want to visit. Manhattan is a skinny island. It's about two miles wide, something like 12, 13 miles up and down. But most routes on Manhattan run north and south. And so when you're getting on a train, if you're, say you're at Times Square and you want to go north to Central Park, you're going to get on an uptown train. If you're in Times Square and you want to go down towards the Statue of Liberty, you want to go to Wall Street or downtown area, you're going to go downtown. North is uptown, south is downtown. When you're looking at the map, downtown is literally toward the bottom. And so that makes things a lot easier when you look at the map, figure, am I going down or up? That's downtown or uptown. Also, if you're going into Brooklyn, most of the routes to Brooklyn run downtown out the south end of Manhattan and then cross over. So keep that in mind. If you're trying to go to Brooklyn, most times it's a downtown bound train. Or if you're going to the Bronx, which is actually north, you're going to get on an uptown train. So just some things to think about as you navigate those. Now, when you walk into larger subway stations, it doesn't matter the entrance you take as much because you can swipe in and then decide, am I going uptown or downtown? But there are some smaller stations that you need to pay attention to as you enter in. It could be a downtown only or an uptown only. And once you enter in and pay your money, you're not going to be able to switch sides. And so if that's where you find yourself and you're on this one train that can only get uptown or downtown, you have two options. One, take it for one stop, then cross over in a subway station and come back down the other way. Or if you're already at the unlimited rate, walk back out, cross over. You're probably going to have to wait five minutes, go back down to the other side, and then enter again. Most stations, though, have a way for you to either go above the tracks or under the tracks to get back to the other side of where you want to go, whether it's uptown or downtown. Also, the terminus, the end of most train routes, is on the outside of the train that's pulling up. So, for example, it might say Jamaica, Queens, and you know that that's kind of an uptown train that's going to kind of veer off, go into Queens, and go all the way out to the Jamaica station. Or it might even say Coney Island, which means it's going all the way downtown, all the way through Brooklyn, and all the way out to Coney Island. So some things to think about as you think about directions. Listen, figure out the directions, figure out your game plan, and then execute. But don't freak out. Everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes in New York City. I don't publicize it too often because you can kind of adjust and fly as you will, but everyone makes mistakes. If you make a mistake, if you go the wrong way, it's okay. Get off at the next stop, go back to the other direction, and come back and just pass it by. It might cost you a few minutes, but it's not the end of the world. Don't freak out and don't beat yourself up. Everyone does it 
Everyone makes mistakes. Just keep on keeping on. Number four is this. When you come to a subway station, specifically if it's a busy time of day, if most of the trains are busy and you see an empty car, friends, there's a reason that car is empty. So you can take your chances and get on the car and figure out what smells so bad or what's going on in that car. Or you can take it from the locals and realize that if a train car is empty and all the other ones are full, there's a reason why that one's empty. So pay attention to that. When it, let's talk about boarding strategies. When the subway pulls in, people are going to get off, but you need to let people get off before you get on, but you have to hold your ground. Otherwise, people will come and kind of get in front of you. And so you need to understand to hold your position, but be courteous and let people off. If you're staying on and in the doorway, say you're already on and people are trying to get out, you need to be courteous and move out of the way so people can get on and off. One of the key mistakes I see is people come into a subway station, they go downstairs, and immediately they turn and stop and wait right there to get on that train. Friends, a subway has so many cars and is so long, each train has the ability to enter probably 15 or 20 different doors. But for whatever reason, we think, we fail to think, as we come downstairs, we're just going to stop right by the staircase. Never board immediately by the staircase because that's exactly where everyone else is trying to board or get off or has boarded on the previous one. And so it's busiest by the staircases. If you move just a little bit down behind a staircase or further down, you're going to have better chances of getting on the subway car. Make yourself room or just be patient. You have two options. One, you can be patient and wait all day for an empty spot to get on a subway or you do what everyone else does and make yourself your own room. So things to think about as far as boarding. Also, when you're in a large group, you can't all get in the same door. I traveled with 20 people to New York City over Christmas, and I told them, listen, we can't all get in on time and make the, the subway all in the same one on the same thing. There are multiple doors to the same car, and you communicate beforehand. And so you split up and go in different doors and pay attention to where you're going to get off. And so don't be a tour on and sit there with your group and wonder, why, why, why can't we all 20 fit in this one door? Friends, split up and go to multiple doors in the same car. And then you need to know this. When it comes to seating, it's first come, first serve. If you want to have a seat, take the seat. The only things that they normally do is they give, they give seats to elderly and or pregnant folks. So just kind of keep in mind when it comes to that. When it comes to exit strategies, you need to know your exit point. All right? So you need to know when you're getting off. Several people on our most recent trip forgot to know what stop we were getting off of or weren't paying attention, and they ended up several stops down when we had already gotten off. Know your exit point. Kind of mark it and think about where you're going to get off. Number two is this. Do not block the doors. Get out of the way. Just because you get off the subway, don't stop right there to try to figure out. Once you get off, you keep moving. Otherwise, people are going to run into the back of you. You're going to cause more problems and create opportunities for you to get pickpocketed. When you exiting the subway, there are most, most stations have multiple exits to the same street or area. In fact, multiple subway stations probably have four different exits depending on the corner of the road that you're going to exit on. And so as you get more comfortable with exiting the subway and kind of where you're going, you might see 8th Avenue and 42nd Northwest Corner, well, you know that that's where you want to go up because you're going to make your way, start walking that way. Or it might say 8th Avenue and 42nd Street, Southeast Corner. You know that that's completely the opposite corner, and so maybe you're going that way. As you get uh, 
more and more comfortable with where you are in New York. You'll pay attention to these signs because not all the exits are the same, and some of them will set you up not to have crop, not have to cross busy intersections or to wait on lights, etc. When you exit the station, when you come up into the city, don't just stop. People are coming up right behind you. You just need to assume that there's people behind you. Don't be a total tourist and stop and be like, oh, this is New York City. I'm glad to be here because somebody's going to run into the back of you. Get out of the way and keep moving. Also, a good exit strategy is to utilize the pedestrian tunnels. Many subway stops have pedestrian tunnels that actually run between them or help you to cut off several crosswalks up above the street, and you get to do it in a better temperature-controlled environment down below. There's also some things to think about. There's different trains and routes, and you can, you're not stuck to one train, and so sometimes you, you need to figure out how to piecemeal it together where you're going to take the one, and then you're going to hop off the one and get on the E, or, or you're going to kind of mix and match, and as you look through the map, you can kind of figure that out, how to transfer, because transfer, it's free transfer in subway stations to different trains, and so you can figure out the best way to navigate and go from train to train to get to the, be the best route. And then also what helps you with this is, on the iPhone, the maps, and on Google Maps, these are all set up now for you to see the best route and even to see which trains are on the way and things like that. And in, when you're in different stations, it'll show you which trains are coming and how far, how many minutes away they are. So you just kind of pay attention to these things. And the last thing I want to say today is uh, there's a difference between express trains and local trains. And this really becomes an advanced topic as you travel more and more and more into New York City. But I want you to think about it this way. An express train skips some stops. That's what makes it express. So while a local train is stopping at every single local stop possible, the express train is skipping several of the local ones and only stopping at the more popular stops. And so once you become really, really advanced and thinking through how do I get around New York City the most efficiently, you can start paying attention to these, which trains are local and which trains are express. And almost every single track has these trains. And sometimes they'll save you 15 to 20 minutes just on a simple ride because they're not stopping at every single stop. Learn to love the express trains. They will be your friend and they will help you get where you need to go quicker. Friends, New York City is amazing, and the subway is definitely the best way to go. If you're there for multiple days and you're riding more than 12 times, it's $33 to navigate all throughout the city. The entire city is at your fingertips and at your feet for $33. Friends, you can't get an Uber for $33 for one ride. This is the best way to see all of New York City on the cheap and the most effectively. I'm telling you, you can do it. Do not be scared to try it. Simply pay attention to these tips, create a plan, and execute the plan, and go experience the Big Apple. Friends, we're going to pick up some more stuff about New York City on the next episode, but thanks for joining Nisa's Nugs Podcast. We'll check you next time.